man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. This is just like it looks like a heated debate going on around here, though. You know, Detectives Elliot Stabler, Stabler and Dr. Wong, though, they debate whatever what they're going to do with the mentally ill patient, a mentally ill, excuse me, a mentally ill guy after he stabbed two people and kidnapped the boy think, thinking it is his. So, Stabler is worried about saving the boy, and Dr. Wong thinks that Stabler's being a dick after he pushed the um, guy over the edge. So, so, so what is what is there like a falling out between these two guys? Well, this is Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast. You are now listening to Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast, where we recap and break down past episodes of Law and Order SVU. You can hear us out on Spotify, Anchor FM, WordPress, or in any other streaming service. And now, here's your host, Brian Rose. Yo, what's up, man? What's up? This is BD Rose, and welcome to Twisted Law and Order SVU Podcast, where I recap and break down episodes of SVU, and... I want to say this though. It's like um, you know, today is Monday, um, March twentieth, and um, by the way, um, guess what, yo? I just finished watching the whole first season of Poker Face, and I'm not talking about the Lady Gaga song. It's the uh, it's a little the, the detective mystery series starring Natasha Leone. It's like modern day Columbo, and it it was good. It was alright though. I mean. I enjoyed the first couple of episodes, and then next thing you know is that um, I think episode nine was a little bit weak. But um, however, though the tenth episode, I mean, it all makes sense right now. You know, in the tenth episode, which is the season finale, it all makes sense right now because you got um, Detective Ray Curse of um, yeah, Benjamin Brad, right, who played Detective um, Curtis on the original Law and Order. Though he plays like this bad guy trying to frame Charlie up. And that's he's just crazy, man. I mean, I don't know. You gotta deal with shady ass people over there. I mean, come on, y'all. So I'm not gonna give everything away. I just want you to check it out yourself, though. But um, I enjoyed it, and you know, it's gonna be a, and and Poker Face just got renewed for the second season. So hopefully, um, we'll see what we'll have. See what great crazy mysteries we'll do, and see who's the killer. So. We'll see what's going on, what's happening, and all that stuff, though. So, anyway, so we have episode ninety-seven, so we're getting close to the hundred one to the one hundredth episode, and um, I'm gonna call this episode Stabler versus Wong because they debate where what they're gonna do, where what they're gonna do with um, you know the the, the paranoid schizophrenic. You know, this episode deals with mental illness. So let's get to it. All right. So this is Law and Order SBU Season 5, Episode 6, Coerced. And it aired on NBC on October 28th, 2003. Okay. So we're at the cold open right now, pre credit sequence. 
it's morning time in the apartment and we meet a mother named Carolyn and he's there with her two sons, Eric and Adam. Oh yeah, they're both half brothers. Oh, no, they, they maybe because um you know that the I mean um Carolyn probably got like different daddies or something like that. I don't know what it is though. So, however, she's um you know Carolyn's talking on the phone with somebody and um I think it was like Steve or something like that. I don't know what it is though. So, and she tells him that Eric can't visit his, his Eric cannot visit his father for the weekend. So right now that they they're doing they're in custody battle and then she's supposed to her and her ex or a strange ex husband they're supposed to be at court this morning, but they're going to fight for sole custody. So he tells Eric to get his brother Adam to get ready to go to school. So Eric gets up from the table after he while while he was, while he was eating his breakfast and he calls out he calls Adam telling him come on shrimp let's go. Next thing you know is that the, I know Carolyn's still on the phone talking to a friend of hers, and then all of a sudden, no, he hears um, a commotion from Eric, from Eric, and Eric tells his mother that Adam is gone. So she runs over to the bedroom and discovers that Adam has been gone. Adam has been kidnapped. Yo, oh my goodness! Turns out that Adam has been kidnapped. So we cut to later on. Benson and Stabler are there at the apartment, and um, they're talking to Carolyn, and um, she believes that her ex-husband took the, her son, and she tells him that they were supposed he's, she's, she was supposed to see him at court this morning for a custody thing because her ex-husband wants um wants so sole custody of uh, Adam and stuff like that though, so she believes that he came and kid she he came to kidnap Adam, so. Here comes Daniel Sanjala right, coming down here. He calls Benson Stable over to come to the bedroom. So they go to the bedroom. They um uh, they they, you, they they show that um they and you believe this though. I mean they found the windowsill. It was cut open. So it turns out that it was cut open some somewhere from the inside and all that stuff. So it turned out that the perp came in and snatched Adam. Damn. Mm 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 mm. Then we go to the opening credits, and uh, and as usual, we go to Act One, right? So we have Captain Cragen, though. He is giving our press conference, giving our pictures for see for Adam to be found and stuff like that, though. So he got like the media stuff like there. He tells them, "Yo, we gotta do like um, we gotta search this kid. He's been kidnapped since like late last night, early this morning." So. And after that, he after he did a briefing with the media and stuff like that, they all went out to do their business. So Benson, Stabler, Munch and Finn show up though, and um, they they also talk about um, the father because it turned out that he did not show up to court this morning. So they finally believe that um, he probably came and snatched they snatched Adam, took Adam away from his mother over some custody battle. So however, check this out though, Adam's father shows up right and. His name is Peter Forbes, right? So that's like Adam, that's like um, Adam's biological father, stuff like that, though. So next thing you know is that uh, you know Carolyn comes at Adam and and then she said, "You bastard!" She starts to take a swing at him, and then she accuses him of kidnapping him, and then and then you know Peter calls her a crazy bitch, and then next thing you know that they 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 start swinging. She calls him a bastard, and then next thing you know that they came restrain the couple. They they, they restrained they, to restrain the, these a strange couple. So 
He showed up. He said, okay, I can't believe that Peter, I mean, Peter Forrest, I mean, come on, though. He says that, he tells him that his wife is crazy, and um, he ha- and he denies coming to kidnap Peter this morning, or late, late last night, though. So, she, and then Peter tells him that um, he, his lawyer is on his way for a minute. So, where we go, we cut. We cut to a couple. Of, we we um fade to black, and then we're at the NYP. We're at the NYPD mobile unit. So this is a few minutes later. Peter's inside the vehicle with his lawyer present, his, and his name is Mr. Rosamond, and he denies kidnapping Peter, and he tells him that he was with, with his girlfriend last night, and then. And then after that, though, he went to the, to the Department of Motor Vehicles. And then people was like, you can take my DNA, my sample, any, you can take anything you want, though. You know what I'm saying? So, however, though, after they interview Peter, though, I guess um, Stabler tells Craig and his boss that the D, that um, DMV confirms that Peter was there at 8 o'clock this morning. So, it couldn't be him and all this stuff, though. So, the next thing you know is that they see um, uh, Eric along with his biological father, right? Uh, his name is Mr. Um, Stephen Manning. So, best is say they walk up to Mr. Manning and uh, Eric, and Mr. Manning says he was going to take the son to school. And then, they, then the next thing you know is that they, they want to talk, and they want to talk with Eric. So, as uh, Mr. Manning goes to talk with the, the, with the um, Sabler, Benson talks to Eric. And Eric tells him everything about... Um, yeah, about everything you know is about this relationship with Adam, and then they have you know where they're just half brothers and stuff like that though. So he never know. He, I don't think he remembers Peter and stuff like that. And he's just he figured that um, Mr. His man, Mr. Manning's cool and Peter appears and stuff like that though. And he also tells Olivia that uh, his mother hit Adam from everybody. So then a few minutes later, Benson Sabler or talking to Carolyn in her apartment and and then she tells him about Adam she hit Adam from everybody so everybody else though so however though it's like um Daniel Sanjata comes down and he um tells them detectives come over here he shows him that the uh, fingerprint on the screen the figure there were fingerprints on the screen which the per in which the perp put it back on backwards so so next thing you know, they got they, they get a call from Finn and shows and tells them that Adam has been spotted a few blocks away. So we're at the ninety fifth Street and Columbus Avenue, and Benson Stabler and Finn are there. They're doing a walk and talk, and Finn tells them that the store has been open every day until like this morning. And they know that the gate was down. So it turns out that um, Adam was there at the store, and next thing you know, this was, business was open for 12 years until this morning. So they discovered that the gate was down. So they put the gate up, and they see a guy lying down on the, inside the store. So, so they and so they went inside the store, and it turns out that the you know the big guy, right? He got stabbed, and then all of a sudden, though, they see another person on the floor. He was also stabbed too. So, next thing you know, they go down to the basement, and um, and it turns they go down, they go down to his basement, and they see like an extra bed and stuff like that. 
maybe someone was living in the the the, the store. So anyway, they go through the drawer and they took out a picture of Kevin. But on the picture though, he, he has his they said there's someone circled the head with a black marker and he was and then he put the word the name name Tate. So it turns out that the perp thinks that the the Adam was Tate. I mean, and then it's like, why do he call him Tate? Hmm, that's crazy though. That's the end of Act One. So we have Act Two right now. We see one of the victims taken to a stretcher, and Ben tells him that there were two victims. Though the first victim, the first victim was he tells him that this is. The deceased victim was Lester Hale, right? He's like the owner of the store, stuff like that, though. And he was found right by the, um, you know, like by the refrigerator area where they have the beer and stuff like that, though. And that, and then the guy in the front, right? And uh, and his his name was like, um, I figure, I think it was um, Emilio Vasquez, right? That's the second video victim. He survives, though. He stay, he's taken to the hospital. So it turns out that the perp stabbed the two, one fatally, and all that stuff, though. So, mm-mm-mm-mm. Now, and, and then, you know, and anyway, by Emilio, Emilio, though, he's the um, assistant, assistant, um, AE assistant, you know, he runs a store, stuff like that, though, but the guy who was killed was the owner. So the perp stabbed two people, one fatally, right? So, they're trying to figure out about the resident living in the basement, and turns out that um, he seemed to turns out that he seemed a little off or something like that, though. So, and then next thing he knows that the, um, they found out that the guy's name was Kevin, right? So he had pictures of Adam for like a couple of months, and it turns out that um, Kevin remembers. Um, Adam at the store, stuff like that, though. So they talked to, Benson Stabler talked to Carolyn, the mother, and um, she doesn't remember Kevin that much, but she remembers that he did, that um, Kevin's giving Adam candy for every time that he goes to the store. And she thought it was a little bit weird and stuff like that, though. So it turns out that Kevin's Kevin Bird, I mean, Kevin Walker, he's like the purpose of like that. Not Jimmy Walker from Good Times, all right? So, they get a call from the hospital. It turns out that Emilio is awake. So, we at the hospital right now. And um, this this guy, Emilio, I mean, I think I recognize this actor. I mean, he was in some boxing movie with John Leguizamo, which I can't even remember and shit like that, though. So, he tells um, And then he tells... So, Emilio, all right, uh, he tells the detectives that he took Kevin in since he's lost his home a couple years back. And and then next thing you know, he tells him that Kevin had a lot of demons in his head, though. It turns out I get in his... and all this stuff. So next thing you know is that um, Emilio remembers that he's seen Kevin with the kid. And then next thing he knows is that we're just, that he saw Kevin with the kid. He was trying to do something with the kid. Next thing you know, when Kevin and his um, boss, um, Lester, you know, they went to confront Kevin, and he just snapped and just stabbed both of them and stuff like that, though. Because he, because, um, they, they, they think that Kevin was crazy. I mean, 
don't know what is going on right here. That's crazy and stuff like that, though. So, so after they interviewed uh, the guy in the bed, right, they tell him that Kevin lost his job, right, and because he had, like, a drinking problem and stuff like that, though. And Kevin lived in a home which was across the street before he was banging on the street. So it turns out that uh, he probably went to, like, Dempster diving and stuff like that, though. So this Kevin Walker dude, all right, so saying that he lost his job because he had a drinking problem and then things get worse is just that he been living in an apartment. Damn. Let me tell you something. Don't drive. Don't don't get drunk on the job. You'll get your ass fired. You know what I'm saying? All right? So, however, though, the last Kevin's whereabouts, though, that uh, he went probably went dumpster diving. So, so it turns out he's probably homeless. So, and the next thing you know is that the um, medicine stable are there, and they spot Kevin, right? And he's trying to just take something from the, some stuff from the dumpster. And this Kevin, I mean, anyway, I mean, it was his actor, I mean, he, I don't know him that much, though, but, um, so anyway, so this Kevin Wright dude is like, um, I mean, it was, I mean, what's this? What's this dude's name? I'm trying to remember who this guy's name was. I don't know what the hell is going on around here. You know what I'm saying, though? I say he was um, Leland Orser. That's the one, Leland Orser, right? And um, he been doing a lot of film and TV roles. I mean, he been on Star Trek, and uh, I think he was um, he was some '90s series. I mean, I think he was um, damn. He got a lot of film and television work though. He's from San Francisco. So, anyway, so Benson Stabler see Kevin, and they come up to him. And next thing you know is that he started saying, Kevin, and then Kevin starts saying, listen, I'm busy right now. I'm, I, I'm not in the mood to talk. So, so, and they also mentioned about the kidnapping and uh, kidnapped Adam. And next thing you know, Kevin just snaps saying, Kasisi, Kasisi, Kasisi. I mean, this dude's bug bugging out though. I mean, they got he was like, Cassisi, Cassisi, they're trying to get me. I mean, dude got like some mental illness, man. And the next thing he knows, cause he was like, Cassisi, you're trying to kill me. And then next thing you know that they tried to restrain this dude, man. Shit. Damn. That's crazy, man. That's true. And because he tell him the Cassisis, Cassis. I mean, who the hell is that? Is that like a damn my family or some shit like that? I don't know. But best and stabler restrain him. Like, I mean, this dude went crazy. I mean, this dude's like a paranoid schizophrenic, man. I'm gonna get to that in a minute. Now, now, we're at the precinct right now. Kevin's talking to himself, and Stabler is with them trying to calm him down, asking him where's um where's uh, Adam, where's Tate, and stuff like that. And then Kevin's like, I wanna talk to you, get you out of your head, Kasichi, 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 and all stuff like that, though. And um, next thing he knows that um, I'm telling you, man. Yo, uh, yo, check, yo, check, check this out. You pull the rug out from under me, I will go underground. I will go underground. You can see all of you. You can run, but you can't hide. Kevin, talk to me. Where's the boy? I won't tell you where the boy is. I won't tell you where he is. I know who you are. I know what's going on here. You're working for that witch behind the window, and she is evil. <laughs> okay, I mean. Kevin, Kevin's bugging out, man. He got he got some spirits on him and stuff like that. And Stabler is pressuring this Kevin to ask him where the boy is and and stuff like that. 
Next thing you know is that he go and then Kevin starts rambling out because CC's you're evil and yeah, I know the witch is behind the glass and all that stuff. Then Dr. Wong comes in and he wants to talk to him. He wants to talk to Ellie outside. And then Kevin starts rambling. He's like, I will stop you. I'll put you in hell. I will stop you. I will stop you. I will stop you. So Sable comes out of the interrogation room talking to Wong and Wong tells him that he's um, a paranoid schizophrenic. He's paranoid schizophrenic. He's not going to tell you anything. Now, Sable is like, he kidnapped that five-year-old boy. He probably got him stabbed somewhere or something like that, though. And Dr. Wong's not worried about it, though. And he should be, he suggested that he should be taken to a psych ward and all that stuff, though. So, next thing you know is that um, Sable's like, you're going to make some calls? And Dr. Wong says he'll do the best he, could, he can. So, we cut to a, a couple minutes later, and Dr. Wong gets off the phone with the, um, the psych thing. Next thing you know, he's talking to, to um, Olivia and Cragen's there. And next thing you know, they hear a commotion from the interrogation room. And next thing you know, as they run over, though, they see Kevin throwing the chair at, out, out the window. She almost hit, she almost hit Olivia. Damn, guy had like a psychotic break, man. He's freaking out, man. He's going crazy. Next thing he knows, uh, they come in, they try to restrain him. Dr. Wong goes and gets the needle, trying to give him, yeah, trying to restrain him, calm him down, stuff like that. Next thing you know is, um, cause, and then next thing you know is uh, Kevin starts screaming, because she's they got to kill me, you're going to kill me, I don't want to go. And then next thing you know, Dr. Wong comes in with the needle and uh, injects it with him. It makes Kevin calm down. Kevin was like, still like, Kevin was still like screaming, saying, ah! Then we cut to Kevin taking an um, ambulance in a gurney, and Sable wants to talk. To, tells the EMS worker that he wanted to um, talk to um, Kevin for a minute. So Sable comes in the in the back of the truck, and um, he asks him where the, um, Adam, where is uh, Adam is though. And then Kevin has his eyes closed. He's like sedated, saying, "Look out the window, little boy." See the guy in the white hat. And Sable's, Sable's like, I don't have no time for this bullshit, man. Tell me where Adam, Adam is. And the EMS worker saying that, yo, you know, calm down, Stabler. I mean, this guy's taking a hospital. I think he, are, we, are you done here? Hmm. Anyway, um, next thing you know, sleeps and no, then in Fade to Black. We go to Act 3. It's the next day, and then, you know, the unit they were in there casual Friday, casual weekend, shit like that, though. And they tell him that Adam's been missing for 36 hours. So the unit is still searching for Adam, though. So it turns out that um, Kevin grew up in the Bronx, and um, next thing he knows that um, his, as the, the least earliest residence that he lived on East 200th Street, though. I mean, Munch says that and all that stuff, though. So next thing he knows that... Um, they they go up to the Bronx and you know it, it, yeah that's where Kevin grew grew up I think and something like that though and much you know Detective Munch you know got um that's his soul R I P Richard Belzer he tells him that um yeah Kevin um grew up in the Bronx and his wife and his his wife and kids his Kevin's actual wife and kid are in Jersey they they say that they had nothing they had nothing to do with them and stuff like that though so. However, though, Munch also says that um, Kevin used to live on East 200th Street in the Bronx. So we go to the Bronx right now, and Benson and Sabler arrive, and they see um, a place that Kevin used to live, and Cot was there. 
So it turns out that, that the place is a parking lot. So at least they tried or something like that, though. So shortly, um, Benton and Slaver get in their car. They drive down, and they pass by this bakery, and Olivia sees the man in the white hat. And Olivia tells Elliot, Elliot, stop. So they stop, though. It turns out that they go to this um, bakery that's in abandoned and something like that, though. And there's this clothes and this, uh, and they mentioned this about the man in the white cap. So Kevin mentioned something about the man in the white hat. So it's got to be the bakery. So next thing you know, they, they go to this uh, building next door. It has been condemned. So next thing you know is that um, they hear a clang and all that stuff, though. So they break down the door go inside, and when Saber tries to get in there, he almost falls into some kind of a pit or something like that, though. I mean, some hole or something like that, though. I don't know what it is. So, however, though, they call Kevin's name, and then they hear a noise It's coming from upstairs. So, they go upstairs, and they found Adam alive, laying on the bed. So, Adam tells him he mentioned something about um, Kevin and all that stuff, though. Seeing his father, stuff like that. So, next thing he knows, that they try to take Kevin out, and then they look out the window, they see a cop coming by. At least they found Kevin alive. That's the most important thing, though. So, we go to um, the Novak's office, and check this out, though. Here comes Kevin's legal aid, aid attorney, Rebecca Balfus. And we have a special guest star. So, who's that? Um, who's the white girl playing? Um, is um the, the legal aid attorney. Rebecca Balfus, Kevin Walker's legal aid attorney. Your uh, boss ordered you to try my client? No, that was my decision, but the district attorney did sign off on it. Waste of time and money. Kevin's a lunatic. Your client kidnapped a five-year-old boy, murdered a man, and almost killed another who tried to stop him. And a jury will institutionalize him quicker than you can say, because she's deep. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's um, actress Beverly D'Angelo, special guest star. So she, she, this, in this starting with this episode, she plays a recurring role of Rebecca Balfus. And you've seen her in uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. She was in the movie Hair, and she's been on Entourage. I mean, man, I mean, yeah, man. She's like 60 or 70, 70, 60 something years old. I mean, almost 70. So, all right, so this is her first, so this is her first appearance as legal aid attorney, um, Rebecca Balfus. And, or Balfus, that rhymes it. Was it Robert, does it rhyme Office? No, I'm not talking about the TV show, The Office, you know what I'm saying? So, anyways, you know, she um, introduces herself to Casey Novak and. Next thing he knows is that um, she knows that um, she's he's schizophrenic or anything like that though, and then she's gonna charge him with insanity and stuff like that though. And they suggested that um, Kevin should talk to Doctor Wong. And um, speaking about schizophrenia though, let me tell you a story about what happened to me years ago. I'm not saying that I'm schizophrenic, but um, I had an issue with this um, this uh, secretary at a law firm. And she's a piece of shit. I mean, she falsely accused me of t- talking to myself and staring at her and glaring at her. I was just bullshit. Well, let me tell you some of what she did, though. I am I was a, me- a floor mess- messenger, and I was about to pick up my mail. And then next thing you know is that um, I was waiting for her to hand it to me. And next thing you know is that um, 
she put it in the box and said, hand it to me. And then that was disrespectful to me. And the next thing you notice, and and not only that though, I mean, you got two secretaries though. They just treat me like shit though, because I used to work for a law firm. You know, I'm not gonna give out away the name because I don't want to be sued. But I know who you bitches are, right? You white bitches, excuse me, white bitches, excuse me on language. So you trying to falsely, you trying to falsely accuse me of being a schizophrenic and talking to myself. And next thing you know, they suspended me from my job. I mean, they didn't fire me. They suspended me, telling me I should go see a psychiatrist. Next thing you know, I told a psychiatrist everything. And then they sent me to some kind of like um, outpatient thing at um, Columbia University. Because um, they, they ran some tests on me. And they said I have a mild case of schizophrenia. Are you kidding me, man? Oh, man. I ain't like be treated like a rat, lab rat. So in order for me to come back to work, though, I have to go for this procedure, take like outpatients and then take some medication or whatever. I mean, but I'm going to tell you this. So, I mean, she accused me, this damn secretary accused me of something. That's like pure bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't glaring at her, staring at her. I mean, she thought I was going to kill her. And, you know, she's white, though, white, though. Right. So anyway, I know who you bitch. I know who you are, you dumb scumbag. I'm going to let the most I take care of you. All right. Now, there's some saying that I have, I, I have my case of schizophrenia and I, I, excuse me, I've been, I, I joined, I've been in a program for a little while. <clears throat> and then when I returned to work though, I mean, I didn't want to go to be taking an outpatient program anymore. I mean, I mean, I mean, I want to be treated like a lab rat, lab, lab rat. So I just left, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't go crazy anything like that though, but I don't appreciate the disrespect I get from a law firm, you know, like um, and you know sometimes you know, the people in the law firm they don't give a damn about you maybe because of race. You can lie all you want, yo, you have to lie, but you accuse me of being a schizophrenic, you gotta be bugging, cause I'm not gonna go crazy on y'all, all right? I know how I know how to control myself. Like control, like Janet Jackson. All right, control. All right. Now let's get back to SBU. All right. Now, well, whatever though, Boffin tells Cabot that that um that they're gonna talk to uh, Doctor Wong stuff like that though. So, so we in this um precinct right now, and uh, Doctor uh, Dr. Wong is talking to Kevin and. Kevin mentions about the cassis, and he tells, and then Doctor Wong asks him, "Where are the cassis?" And he tells them it's the secret police. So he started getting, he started hearing um, things in his head since he was since he was twenty five years old and all that stuff, though. And um, and then somehow the cassis told him to do this, and then they and then cassis told him that the boy in the window was their son and. Uh, all that shit like that though. So next thing he knows that um he he mentions about the two guys at the store and then he stabbed them and then it turns out that he didn't want he didn't want to he didn't he want to stab him and stuff like that. And but um he told him that the Cassis told him just to say they're gonna take the kid take him away, take the kid away, stuff like that, and he just lost it, stuff like that though. And check this out though. He um when he was brought in, you know he was talking to Skate. I mean, 
he was he was scared of Detective Stabler. And then Roger Warren was like, what happened? And then Kevin was like, though, yeah, like Steve was threatening him that he'll take the kids away because he's gonna take him away and all that stuff though. So oh my goodness. Is Detective Sailor being a dick now? Oh my goodness though. Something ain't right though. Cause Kevin said that Detective Stabler was threatening him to take the kids away and all that stuff. I mean, that's some crazy shit right there though. So we a few minutes later we're at Craig's office and then it's Sabler and uh, Dr. Wong, they get into an argument and some shit over because Dr. Wong accused Sabler about about coercion and stuff like, of coercion. And Sabler was like, I ain't, doing, I ain't do shit right there. I mean, he kidnapped that five-year-old boy, stabbed a couple of people and all that stuff, though. So, yeah, so it's like, um, and then, he, I mean, Sabler said, and then next thing you know is that um, Sabler go around rambling saying that Listen, let, let me tell you something about that. I mean, Kevin, listen, Kevin's not a victim, though. The, the, the two guys at the store and the kid, they're victims. And then Dr. Wong is just like, just gets just steaming and stuff like that, telling him, yo, I mean, uh, he's he not responsible. Kevin's not responsible for their death. Uh, do you get it now? And Dr. Wong just storms off the, storms out of the office. I mean, Stabler is being a dick. I mean, he, Wong accused Stabler of coercion and stuff like that. And then he's, Cause he, and then next thing you know, Doctor No, Doctor Wong thinks that Kevin's not responsible for stabbing these two people, kidnapping, kidnapping, or killing, killing the guy. You know, I mean, because because and he accused Stabler of make, make, causing Kevin a psychotic break. And then and then um, Doctor Wong also mentions before he stormed out of the office, saying that he became my patient after I gave him the meds and all that stuff, though. And you know, he wasn't Medicaid, so they just had this back and forth. It was Saber and Wong. Saber uh, believes in saving the kid. He wasn't worried about Kevin. He doesn't give a shit about Kevin, though. And then next thing you know is that Dr. Wong realizes that Kevin's not responsible for killing Lester and stuff like that, though, because of the damn demons in his head and shit like that, though. So... And so, I mean, Saber that he did get it. I mean, Saber looks like a damn idiot and stuff like that, though. So as soon as Dr. Wong storms out, though, and um, Sable is like, "Why, I, I, why, oh, well, why I do this? Why I do this, man?" And Craigham tells him that um, he wasn't even thinking and stuff like that, though. So it's like, um, so Sable was like, "I'm gonna get it right, though." Next thing you know, we cut the cabbage. She's doing some baseball practices shit like that though I mean she's doing it by herself she got the helmet on and she's trying to practice baseball and some things so and Cragen comes in so Cragen tells Novak to plead Kevin out and Casey thinks that Steven did the right thing about the Kevin Kevin kidnapped you know I mean about saving Kevin and stuff like that, though. So Sabler claims that he saved that kid. He didn't worry about everybody, every, everybody else, though, stuff like that, though. So Craig, Craig tells Kevin that um, that, that um, Kevin has to go to court, and then Sabler has need to testify and everything like everything like that, though. So he tells Novak he'll plead Kevin to like uh, not guilty and all that stuff, though. So we're at court right now, and Kevin admits that he was responsible for his actions because he 
wasn't given the proper medication and all that stuff though. So, and you know, the judge, you know, she tell and the judge though, he decides to send Kevin to like, um, a mental institution. And next thing he knows that, I mean, Kevin just loses it though. I mean, and in other words though, in other words though, um, he, 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 Kevin made a plea agreement. He's found not guilty and he will be sent to a mental health facility. And then Kevin loses his saying that he will never go back to this place because it, it will kill him. And just like they killed Martha. And next thing you know, when they drag him out of court though, he starts saying, cause he sees, and, and then he also mentions about that they, they're going to do the same thing to me, what they did to Martha. And I just want to find out who the hell is Martha. Oh my goodness. So outside the courthouse, you know, Lovac confronts Stabler and um, and she accuses him of she accuses him of covering up though, so they gotta figure out who this um Martha is. I'm not talking about Martha Walsh or the Weather Girls. I don't know. <laughs> it's a rainy man. Hallelujah! It's a rainy man. Boom. Anyway, so nobody tells Sabler, you know, because she accuses him of covering up, and he gotta do something that's right, something like that though. However, though we uh, we're at the back at the precinct right now, the squad squad room. Turns out that Kevin was never institutionalized, but um, if he if he stayed at this place called um, Jackson Manor. Oh my goodness, Jackson Manor. It's, it's it, listen, it's not owned by Michael Jackson. All right, I mean it's not Graceland or anything like that, or it's not Neverland though. It's Jackson Manor. And I'm not talking about uh, Michael Jackson oldest in homeless oldest little uh, halfway house or whatever, or mental health facility. I don't know what it is going on right here, though. Now, it turns out that, that, that Kevin stayed at this Jackson Manor until he walked out to see his wife and son. So, we cut to, we asked Steve where he, he's talking to Kevin's estranged wife somewhere in New Jersey, and she tells him that she couldn't stand the lies and stuff like that, though. And she, she remembers one day that Kevin says that he was going to come see her and the kid at noon and all that stuff, though. And then he came; he was coming home. And then it turns out that Kevin didn't show up a few days later or a few months later. And she was like, I had enough of you or something like that, though. I don't know what is going on right here, though. Okay, we're back in the precinct right now. And... Um, Dr. Wong comes to Stabler and um, I don't know, they still have that damn beef and stuff like that though. I mean, you know, I thought they was going to go duke it out and all this stuff though. I mean, like a shouting match. I don't know what, a shouting match. I don't know what it is. A boxing match. I don't know what it is though. But Dr. Wong tells Stabler that um, that, that, uh, that, that he was, he, Jackson Marriott kicked him out and stuff like that though. And he also tells Sabo that the injection didn't harm Kevin, something like that, though. And um, he also mentions about that Jackson Manor saying that um, they, they never care about their patients, though. I mean, they pocketed the money, they pocketed the money to, to for government money to themselves. Sabo was like, so instead of, you know, handing out medications, though, they give out, they decided to buy Mercedes and all that stuff. I don't know. I mean, in Jackson Manor, I mean, the place Kevin used to go, it's like it's a mental health facility that Kevin used to go. I mean, it's, it's just poor working. I don't know. I mean, they was they, they didn't even give a shit about him, though. I mean, they pocket full of government money to buy some Lexus, a Cadillac, and spend all that money. I mean, some greedy shit going on around here. 
So, anyway, so he Dr. Warren remembers that he also mentioned that Martha lived. He also mentioned that Martha lived in the room next to Kevin. So, they want to talk to Kevin about what's going on about there. So we're at this um, place, old Bellevue, right? And Doc and um, Doctor Wong and Sabler come arrive along with Rebecca Balfesto. No, 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 uh, uh, no. Um, they save Scooby. Sabler and Doctor Wong arrive at Bellevue, and they see Kevin with uh, Rebecca Balfest. And then Kevin turns to, to looks at Sabler, and he was like, "What the hell is he doing here?" And then Saber wants to apologize to Kevin about what happened and stuff like that, though. And um, he they also found out that uh, Karen killed her stuff, but Kevin sees it the other way. I mean, he was she she was probably murdered by somebody or something like that, someone in that uh, facility. I don't know what it is though. So Saber asked Kevin about Martha. I mean, he didn't want to talk about it at first, but. Um, Kevin remembers that um, Martha, uh, Martha was feeling hot. It was a hot day, and then she needed the uh, air conditioner. And they, and they, I mean, they, I mean, let's talk about the people at Jackson Manor. They tell her that she had to pay for the air conditioning fee and all that stuff, though. So next thing you know is that um, Kevin heard a commotion. It was Martha, and then next thing you know is that he started screaming for help and. They call them killers and all that stuff, though. But no, 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 no. Before that, you know what happened is that the day put Martha in a tub of ice, but but it was too late. She died, and uh, next thing you know, Kevin went off on the people calling them killers and stuff like that. Killers, 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 though. And um, one day he was about to pick up his medication, and they told him they ran out, and. And they and they they told and the next day they told him that he ran out again, and then the following day they told him that he ran out, and then one day they told Kevin that um, there's no place for you to stay anymore. In other words, though, his ass was out of here. Now, it turns out though, Kevin also mentions that um, what what if he he also tells them Sabler and Wong saying. If he if he if he if he tells on them, they're gonna kill him just like they killed Martha. Oh my goodness! So in other words, I mean Jackson Matter though they, they wouldn't give his measure shit like that though. It turns out that Jackson Matter is responsible for the death, and, uh, for her death. It turns out that Martha did not commit suicide. They claim that she slit her wrist, but in other words that. Um, that wasn't the case. I mean, she was like had some heat exhaustion, suffering from heat exhaustion, and then next thing you know, they put a, put her in a tub of cold ice. Cut, put a tub of ice. She was gone. I mean, I mean, that's just like negligence. I mean, that's like neglect. That's crazy shit going on right here, though. So they know that the Jackson Manor is like this place. It's like a, a some adult group home or adult mental health facility. They're responsible for her death. So Benson and Sandler arrive at Jackson Manor, and they see the the conditions over there. I mean, it, 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 people are smoking. They see a guy walking around in his underwear, and you got a nurse there. She's speaking Russian. <laughs> and oh my goodness, I mean, 
the conditions are so bad. So that's that's messed up. You know what I'm saying? So next thing he knows that um, Vincent Sable asked the nurse for the thing, and then she speaks Russian. I mean, this is like a scam, something like that. So Vincent finds like a sheet, a login sheet or the record sheet, something like that, though. Next thing you know, they this guy comes charging at them, and um, his name is Randall Haber. Oh, and then he confronts Vincent Sabler about saying, yo, get the hell out of here, man. This is my office, though. So Sabler looks at the chart. It turns out that um, Kevin was given 10 milligrams of William or Mafia, some pill, something like that, last night, the night before. But they say, they say it's funny to them because it turns out that Kevin has been there for a year. And <laughs> next thing you know is that... Um, and they arrest um, <laughs> they arrest Mr. Haber for he arrest Lester's labor for um, Lester's Lester Hale's murder stuff like that, and they take him to the precinct. At the precinct, though, Mr. Lester, Mr. Haber says he denies saying he I didn't denies killing Lester stuff like that though, but it turns out that. Um, because they, because of they, that, 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 that when um, Kevin didn't get, get his meds, though, that it, it caused him to kill Lester Hale. So he blames him for responsible, stuff like that. And Mr. Haber is, has his lawyer with him, and he says, he, I mean, I beat the shit, something like that, though. And next thing you know, Kevin comes in with Cabot. And, and next thing he knows is that um, they charge Mr. Haber for the murder of Lester Hale and shit like that, though. And, and then listen, Mr. Haber, like, I ain't killed nobody. So, Cabot offers him a deal, you know, giving him 15 a life or 15, 15 years or 25 a life and stuff like that, though. And then next thing you know is that um, Mr. Haber is like telling him that Kevin's crazy, he's psychotic, nobody will leave him. And then Kevin was like, You put, you didn't give me the meds. And Mr. Haber decided to come and charge it. I put his hands outside of the rug. Get get you try to get in this get into um Kevin's face trying to choke him and stuff but nah I don't think they restrain him nah that didn't that nah, 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 that didn't happen though you know, so um so anyway Mr Haber is arrested for and charged with the he was responsible for the death of um Lester Hale because he because how he he didn't give Kevin his meds if Ke- if he gave Kevin the meds so he wouldn't he Kevin would have killed Lester Haber I mean. Scared Lester Hale. So that means uh, this asshole, Randall, he, he's responsible for his death. They take him away. So we're at this other facility, and Kevin's on the bed. I mean, he took his meds, and he's calm right now. Sabler comes to see him, and Justice, get this out. He brings along his wife and his son, Tate, his actual son, Tate. And next thing he knows that um, Kevin says hi to Tate, how you doing, and stuff like that, and then Next thing they give they give each other a hug as Stabler watches. It's the end of the episode. It turns out that um I figured this adult group home or some mental facility, they were responsible, they were they are the ones responsible for some store owner's death. And it turns out that um one of their patients, though they their residents or whatever though, they didn't give him the proper medication. It caused him to be a sick schizophrenic and shit like that, though. So Anyway, the episode ends right there. I mean, 
at first the kidnap kid the kidnap kid was like like an ongoing custody battle, but it turns out that the guy got like a mental illness, thinking it was his son, and stuff like that. He wasn't taking his meds, so that's the end. You know, um, recently on London, I've been watching this new series. It's uh, called King Oger. It's like the, um, you know, it's the Super Sentai. It's like the Japanese Power Rangers. And I like the special effects and, and the mecha and all that stuff, though. I mean, I'm too old to watch that kind of stuff, though. But um, sometimes, you know, the Super Sentai thing, you know, it's like the, Jap- the original Japanese Power Rangers. And, you know, a King Oger... Shantai Sentai King Oger, though, it says some alternative universe or maybe the near future or something like that, though, where there's like five kingdoms and each um, ranger got their own kingdom, like they want to be king, queen, or president or whatever, something like that, though. So, I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm feeling it so far, at least, though. King Oja. King Oja, I mean, there's this other, oh, by the way, there's this other show that I've seen called uh, The Don Brothers. It's from Japanese, so but you get the point though. It's like it's entertaining and stuff like that though, because like the adult Power Rangers though. And uh, speaking of Power Rangers, the Power Rangers got this new movie called new movie coming out next month called Power Rangers Once and Always, and it's gonna be on Netflix coming next next month. So if you're a Power Ranger fan, you know just go see it, okay? All right. Now I gotta go right now. So thank you for listening in, and. Um, and hopefully, I mean, if you like and subscribe to my channel and leave your comments and notes or ask me questions or anything, and I'll eternally be answering to you, all right? Now, next week, I'll be back next week with a new episode. And we're going to have next week, though, on that episode, we're going to have them, this lady, this chick from Melrose Place, right? So it has something to do with, you know, um, drinking and stuff like that, but I don't want to give it away. So. Thank you all for listening in and Twisted, Lord on the SVU podcast is produced by B and we are on every Monday on Spotify for podcasters. So have a blessed week and thank you for listening.